Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So we're walking through uh, different places in the book of Matthew where the kingdom of heaven is expressed or revealed. And today we're jumping a little further forward um, to Matthew chapter 11. And in Matthew chapter 11, it really comes down uh, to, to two things, illumination and invitation. Illumination and invitation. I was uh, thinking about illumination and um, we were, as you guys know, we're in the process right now here at the church looking at different properties for potential building sites. And just as the process goes, you end up visiting a bunch that you'll uh, have no interest in, but you have to uh, keep some eyeballs on them. And so I, I got a chance recently to visit a place I had never seen in the light before. That place was laser tag. So, and I'll tell you, I've been to the laser tag plenty of times with the kids and, and it, you're, you're, you know, especially if you're at a party, you know, as an adult, you got a little pride in you. You want to make sure your name still is up in the top three or four. Uh, but, but so I've been there and I've competed with, with uh, uh, different sports teams of the kids and laser tag. But I can tell you what, it's a whole new ball game when the lights are on. It's a, it's a whole new arena. You, do, you just feel like you can fly through that place. But, uh, but that's kind of the, the illustration of the kingdom of heaven is that when you meet Christ, when you know God, it's like as if the light switch came on. Like the world starts to make sense in a different way than it did before. And, and so when I would run through the laser tag before, I'm just like making sure, is there any obstacles and I don't want to bump into a wall. And, and so my speed slowed down and the game slowed down and I had to think a whole lot. And I was a little bit anxious when I'm going about my business at the laser tag. But when the lights are on and it's a realtor showing you around, you have a whole different presence. Your heartbeat's not racing. You're not worried about bumping into a wall. You can see everything clearly. And it's really not as pretty uh, in the light, actually. I don't know what you might imagine a laser tag place to be, but it's really not as, as pretty. They don't put a lot of money into, um, I guess, a dark place. But, but, it, but while you're walking through, it's a whole different feeling. And truthfully, that's what it's supposed to be like for us in Christ, that when we are facing an anxiety and we don't have God, or we don't know God, we don't understand God, when we're facing an adversity, when we're facing a challenge, and we don't have any understanding, we feel like the whole world is just dark, then we have a lot of anxiety. We have a lot of worry. Our steps are less secure. We move a little slower. But when the light switch of heaven is clicked on, when you can begin to see heaven's touch in everything you're doing. When you begin to see people not as an enemy to be fought, but a brother or sister to be won over, when you start to see things in the spiritual, the lights are on. And you approach it in a whole different way. And so today we're going to talk about the illumination and the invitation that Jesus gives. And I pray that at, at, at the end of all of this, as we read through this passage, I pray that when we go and apply it in the week ahead, we're able to look at our situations and ask, where is the illumination? How is God revealing himself in this moment? And where is the invitation? What is Jesus inviting me to? And I pray with those two questions, where is the illumination? God, how are you revealing yourself? And where's the invitation? Jesus, what are you inviting me to? I pray that if that would be your foundation, if that's all you take away this week, 
based on the, the scriptures, it'll give you a whole new perspective on your week. But let's look at the scriptures. Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25. I'm going to read it down to 30, and then we'll come back and pick it apart. It says this, At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. There's our posture before God, little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone, look at this, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him, the Father. Illumination. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? Light. Many of us, we've read this passage multiple times, and it's been a, a, a go-to for us. But as we look today, think about that, that illustration of, of illumination and invitation, and let's break it down and see if it can't apply to us in the week ahead. At this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. It's God's will to have these things hidden from uh, uh, some and, and illuminate others. And the things have been handed over to me by my Father, said Jesus, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. If you're jotting notes, you might want to write this down. The illumination is that God reveals Himself. God does the work of revealing Himself. Or put another way, it is only God who opens the eyes of the blind. It is only God that can do that. The Scripture says clearly that it is the Father in heaven who, who knows the Son, the Son knows the Father, and who else knows the Father? Anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And so you and I being able to understand God, it's not about the wisdom and understanding and learning and knowledge. That, that's, that's not gonna, it's going to be the Father has revealed Himself to people. And so what are the applications for us? The applications have to do with, with who gets to take the blindfold off? Who gets to take the blindfold off? Many times as Christians, we think we can do it for people. We think we could even do it for ourselves. If I read more, study more, if I do more somehow, I'm going to understand God more. But the reality is that God is the one that reveals himself. I was thinking about a game that we played at, uh, at Camp Counselors when I was in uh, college. I did a couple of years as, um, uh, on camp staff, and then I led a camp staff one summer. But one of the things we would do in the, the first week when our camp counselors got together is we would all we would take turns being blindfolded and essentially the idea was trusting the idea was listening the idea was you know um, how, how to grow as a team and so we would put a blindfold on and we'd have to listen to the instructions given to us by our teammate and so at a camp of course there are many obstacles that could hurt you there's a lot of things that could go wrong and so while you have that blindfold on you're listening to a voice giving you revelation that you can go by and it's over time that you learn how to trust with that voice. Now listen, it's great to have a good uh, instructor. It's great to have a good teammate. 
But can I tell you, there's nothing like the feeling of, of taking off the blindfold at the end. Like there's no, you're like, I didn't die today. That's awesome. Like that, that's how this exercise worked out. But, but many times, we think that we can be the ones to take the blindfold off of other people. And so what happens is, for a lost world, there's two, two things that uh, we as Christians need to keep in mind when we're thinking about God revealing Himself. Two consequences for a lost world. Our rage and reason are worthless without revelation. Our rage and our reason are worthless without revelation. So what do we mean? As a, as a Christian, I need to understand theologically, I cannot argue you into heaven. I can't do it. If I believed, if I genuinely believe as a theology that I can argue enough with people and they're going to somehow get to know God, if I believe that, then I'm believing that God doesn't do the revealing, that somehow Tolly is the one that does the revealing of God. If I can just argue enough and logic enough and browbeat you enough, if I can do that enough to you, and if I can shake you enough, and if I can be, and, and, and by the way, do you know what goes with reason when reason's not working? A little bit of rage, you know, like I, I just need to make sure you understand me, and how can you not think the way that I think? And when we do that, the Christian witness starts to take a beating because we're sitting here saying, man, I can punch and counterpunch with the best of them. But at the end of the day, church, the reality, the Scripture says, is that God does the revealing. The illumination doesn't come because Tolly Wilgus is smarter than the person he's talking to. The illumination comes because God does the revealing. So I told you there's two consequences. One is rage and reason are worthless without revelation. We need the revelation of God. And the people that we love need that revelation. But here's point two. Our passion isn't pure until it includes prayer. Our passion isn't pure until it includes prayer. Because if God is the one that does the revealing, if God is the one that illuminates hearts, if God is the one that draws people to Himself, and we are spending our time as Christ followers saying, I'm going to logic to death. I'm going to debate you to death. I'm going to Facebook meme you to death. And if we spend our time on that end, what we're revealing in our hearts is somehow we have control and power over this process. And the truth is we don't. But even in our best day, let's say, well, pastor, I'm, I, I, it's not a bad thing. Like, I just want them to know. Well, guess what? Our passion isn't pure unless it includes prayer. How can we say that we care for the lost around us if we understand theologically that it is God who does the revealing? Our passions aren't pure unless it includes prayer. I want to encourage us. Yes, if you have an unbelieving friend or a lost friend that doesn't know the Lord, of course, share what you can. But understand that you're not going to browbeat them into heaven. You're not going to make them believe. And so your passions can't get into the pride game. And that's a subtle shift that Christians we can make is we can be so anxious for someone else to meet God that we think we can do it, which is a lie. And we think that we can do it with rage or reason. And these aren't, these aren't truths. What, what we think we can do is, is, is if I just say enough, do enough, post enough, they're going to come around. It's not. Our passions become pure when the names are written in prayer. When we're sitting there saying, Lord... Today, I want to be salt and light 
to my loved ones. I want to be salt and light to my friends. And, and I want to be salt and light to my children and my, my family members. I'm praying for them. Why? Because it's God who gives the revelation. It's God who gives the illumination. And so the very first thing I need to do is not convince them more or talk to them more or yell at them more. The very first thing, if you want your loved one, if you want a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker to meet Jesus, the very first thing you can do each day for them is to what? Pray for them. And say, Lord, according to your word, the understanding and the learned and the wise, they might miss you. Because if you don't reveal yourself, if Jesus doesn't reveal himself, if that work isn't done, the rest of this doesn't matter. And you know what that does for, for those of us that are in Christ? That should breed in us a sense of gratitude and a sense of love that, God, you would even reveal yourself to me. That you would even give me access to this relationship with you. And so you and I, we can look and we can say, one, for the outside world, Lord, please do it. But guess what? For me, Lord, please do it. Because I can't see you unless you reveal yourself. So that's the illumination. That as you go about your week this week, understand that we need God to illuminate the human heart. And guess what? We are one of those human hearts that we need illuminated. As we move on, we get to the invitation. God welcomes us. This is the invitation to rest in Him. God welcomes us. This is the invitation. He says, not only are you, do I reveal myself to you, but when I do, the type of character I'm revealing to you is, I want you to come and rest in me. You see, this is opposite. When you're, when you're in the dark, you feel like everything depends on you. You feel like you've got to make the right move. You feel like you need to make sure you don't make a bad decision. You feel like you, you're like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And what happens is, you put the burden on you. And so you start to think that like, man, I, I've got to do it a certain way and I've got to live a certain way and I've got to behave a certain way. I've got to do it a certain thing or else it's all going to fall apart. But the reality is we say, no, no, Lord, reveal yourself to me. And as I see you in this life, as I see you working, as I see you moving, then I'll respond. But in addition to that, Lord, help me to find rest. Help me to find rest in you. This life as a Christ follower is not supposed to be more stressful and more anxious and more worry-filled. No, when you can see the spiritual aspects of everything around you, you should take confidence and hope in the fact that God is in control. The invitation is that God welcomes us to rest in Him. Verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I really believe Christ followers, one of the best examples we can give to the world around us is this sense of rest in the midst of chaos. It's a, it's a sense of calm in the midst of storm. It's a sense of walking on water type faith. To say, look, I know the storms are there. I know it's crazy. I know what the news says. I know it's an election season. I know this group is fighting that group. I know every day the, the media wants to get me worked up. But I have a, a sense of rest. It's not that I don't care about the particular issues. I do. 
But I'm, what I'm not going to do is take those burdens on me as if it's my own job, singular, to fix this whole world. What I'm going to do is rest in my Savior. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If we're not having rest in our souls, that's got to be where we start. If we don't have a sense in our week that we, we get to Tuesday and it feels like it's Thursday and we've been run over by a truck, rest. Run to Jesus. and Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. It's a promise of God. Jesus calls for the exhausted. Both the runners and the religious. Jesus calls out to the exhausted. There are friends of yours that don't know Jesus and they're exhausted because they're running from God. You might be a Christian that's been running from God for a while and you guys know that that gets you exhausted. But there's also the religious that get exhausted. We can get exhausted trying to uphold appearances, trying to look a certain way, trying to make sure we're doing everything right. And both of those, we can find ourselves in need of rest. Jesus says, come. For all who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You guys know the illustration, I would imagine, but it's a picture of an ox that when they would train a young ox, they would attach the ox to an older ox. And the bigger, older, stronger ox out in the field would have a loop around its neck. There'd be a bar and there's two loops. And the one loop goes up and it threads through the piece of wood and it comes to the other. And essentially, as the larger oxen would make a left, it tightens up the noose around the smaller oxen. And what would happen is, as commands are given, the farmer would say, hey, turn left, and the older oxen knows what to do. The younger doesn't, so guess what happens? He's walking along, and, it's, and he has to turn. And over time, he gets trained because he says, you know what? Uh, when I hear this particular noise, I'm supposed to do this particular thing. And over time, it's listening to the farmer's voice. It's listening to the one calling out. And over time, there's less and less pulling because you get trained. You understand um, what it is to do. And so Jesus is using this illustration and he's like, listen, put that yoke, take that. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like when you're linked up with me, when you're going through this life with me, it, it, it's not a heavy yoke that's there to destroy you or hurt you. It, my, my burden on you is very light. And so he's calling out to us, listen, simply follow me. When I say go left, go left. When I say go right, go right. And if you do that, there's not going to be a heavy burden placed on you. So the invitation, are we resting in Jesus? The runners and the religious both try to do life without Jesus. The runners and the religious both try to do life without Jesus. It's easy. We pick on the runners all the time. I see clearly your sin, and you're obviously running from God, and da 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 you're out of God's will. But what about the religious person that doesn't have a prayer life? What about the one that forgot what it was like to weep over lost people? What about the person that hasn't prayed for God to move in their husband or their wife or their brother or sister or mother in, in years? Like they just look up and you go, man, I'm not even talking to God anymore. I'm just playing a religious game. Guess what? Regardless of if we prayed one time or regardless of if we've been in a church for 30 years, the runners are clearly not listening and following Jesus. 
But the religious, the ones that are just doing religious acts disconnected from their Savior, they're also, they're also in need of rest in Jesus. The religious and the runners both try to do life without Jesus. Remember, in the book of Matthew, if you read in context, every single week we come up, and the biggest concern that seems to come up with Matthew is hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. You just see this in almost every single chapter of, of the book of Matthew. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Well, what is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is if you're religious, but you don't walk with God. A, a, a hypocrite is that if you pretend to be something and you do a different thing. And you know that in Christ, it's so uh, easy for us to become religious hypocrites because we say, hey, I'm following the rules and doing what I should and keeping up appearances, but man, my personal walk with God is not there. That's hypocrisy. We're calling people to follow a Jesus that we don't follow. And so what we need to do is to say, no, 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 Lord, I need to find rest in you. I need to make sure that my prayer life is just like breathing. Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For those of us that are in the Christian faith, I want to give an encouragement to you with that. Never attempt to be more holy than God. Never attempt to be more holy than God. I, I see it all the time. We, we, we mean well and we want to do well, but what happens is we start inventing rules that don't exist in Scripture. We start, we start putting up walls and boundaries. We start making religiosity out of this. And, and as a result, it becomes crippling and we go, I don't want any part of that. And I can't help but to think Jesus looks at us and go, I don't either. <laughs> like, I didn't tell you to live that uptight. I didn't tell you to live that, that, that sad and angry. I didn't tell you to live that bitter towards the world around you. I told you my yoke would be easy and my burden would be light. If you're living it in such a way that it, it, it's a, a heavy burden and that being a Christian is, is, is a drag and that you're not able to enjoy the life around you, because of whatever it is you're doing religiously, if that's happening, that's not Jesus. He promised that it's going to be a light burden. He promised that it's going to be restful. He promised that it's going to be, his yoke will be easy and his burden will be light. Don't try to be more holy than God. The reality is what we're confessing when we create new rules that aren't in the Bible the, the reality is we're just saying, I don't know if I can trust God. And it's easy to see the runners not trust God. We can all see that. But it, it's more difficult to find the religious people that don't trust God because they feel like they need the rules to obey God. And there are rules. There are boundaries. I'm not saying they're not. But what I'm saying is those become easy because we have the light on. We understand why they're there. It's the same reason you don't just walk straight into walls all the time. Like you get why the wall's there. But it's when we, we feel like, I don't know, I want to doubt, I want to question, I, I, want, I want things to be different. And when we do that, what happens is we play a game to where it becomes a burden to be a believer. We get anxiety because we're trying to handle adversity without Jesus. If we're overwhelmed, there's a great indicator that we're either running from God or we're trying to do His job. Wouldn't it be great if you could wake up and just go, Lord, this world is yours. These people that are weird, they're yours. The, these problems that, that seem impossible to solve, these are your problems to solve. <laughs> like, the, the, the sickness that's hit my body, you know the number 
of days? Like, what, wouldn't it be relief if we can seriously take God at his word every day and just go, God, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I want to feel light on the feet with you. I, I want to feel like we're, we're dancing. I want to feel like I'm, I'm walking with you and I know you and, and, and in you I don't have pressure. But God, sometimes I try to do life without you and sometimes I try to take on your role. And in both of those places, God, I feel burdened. What if this week you said, you know, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm not going to run from Jesus. I'm also not going to try to be religious without Him. But I'm just going to rest in His love. I'm not going to run from Jesus. I'm not going to try to be religious without Jesus. I'm going to learn to rest in His love for me. Because at the end of the day, it's about an illumination and an invitation. God, I don't see this spiritual world clearly without You showing me. So Father, as I wake up and start my day, would you illuminate for me who you are and where you are in the things of this world? But then the invitation is, Father, also, please remind me today, I don't have to run outside your will to find peace. And I also don't have to try to be you or play your role to find peace. I can simply rest in being a child of God. I know you love me. I know you've got this world in your hands. And how about instead of me trying to play your role or to run away from you, how about I just be me and take on that burden from you that is light and that yoke is easy. Help me to find rest in Jesus this week. Let's pray, church. Father, your yoke is indeed easy and your burden is light. But God, we try so often to solve the world's problems on our own through religion or through running away from You. And God, it inevitably just brings more burdens. Father, teach us. Teach us how You're illuminating Yourself and revealing Yourself. Teach us who and where You are in our situations, in our adversities, in our challenges. And Father, I pray, God, that You would also invite us. Remind us this week, You've invited us in to rest. And God, so oftentimes we, we can't rest because we're running and we can't rest because we're playing religion. But God, you call us to know you and to rest. And Father, for our friends and family who don't know you yet, God, teach us how to pray in a way that is true of the gospel. That you reveal yourself. So at the end of the day, it's not going to be a meme. It's not going to be an argument that we win. It's not going to be convincing or cajoling. Father, at the end of the day, it's going to be your revelation. So Father, help us to pray that you would open the eyes of the people who don't know you. And Father, help us to be reminded that we are the first who need our eyes open every day. We need to be reminded of the truth of the gospel. And we need to live in rest. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for your work in this world around us. Help us to not carry these burdens alone. They're not ours to carry, but yours. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Can we thank God for his word today? Come on.